0: what's up everybody it's pastor james welcome back to our midweek bible study last week we finished up chapter one and today we will start chapter two to see how far we can get so let's get on it and read with me verses one through eight to begin with and then we'll discuss a little bit solomon says my child listen to what i say and treasure my commands tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would search for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Alright, so we see from the very beginning of chapter 2 that Solomon is imploring his child to listen to what he's saying. And it's not even enough to just listen, but they also need to treasure what he's commanding them to do. And you know, there's a great balancing act as a father to try to speak truth to your children and try to speak wisdom to them. And at the same time, you have to lay down the rules of life and enforce them. And there are things that, for me as a father, that I say to my kids that I want them to listen and to benefit from. Um, but, you know, at the same time, if they don't listen to me or if they don't follow my example in some things, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're evil or they're living uh, out of God's will or anything like that. I, I believe there are things that I can teach them and say to them and examples I can set before them that would be beneficial. But if they choose not to follow or not to listen, it's not going to be immoral. However, there are things <clears throat> that um, are commands, their rules, their expectations that we have in our home that are enforced heavily. And I want my kids to listen to me, but I want even more for them to value and practice the expectations that we have on them in our home because. These are values that I believe uh, are dire to the quality of of their physical life and their spiritual life and mine and my wife's physical and spiritual life. And so um, if my children don't listen um, to, to the things I say, they may not benefit from from it, but there wouldn't be any spiritual consequences per se. But if they don't value my commands... And they don't live as I want them to live um, that that's gonna be troubling for them both now and in the future because I do believe that the rules and expectations we have rely more heavily on scripture and the expectations of Christ in our lives and things that we that we do as a family and we want to do for the long term and eternal benefit Um, and the thing is is that if they if they don't value Uh, our rules and our commands and our values, like if that doesn't become something in their life that they value, what's going to happen is is that whenever they move away, they're just going to pursue their own courses, uh, their own paths, um, away from the beliefs and values that we believe are going to be of the Lord. And so it's really important that as a parent that we're trying to teach our kids to um, not only listen to us, but to really treasure Uh, the rules and the expectations we have on them in the course of their life. Now, verses 2-4 through are, you can kind of sense Solomon is pleading for his child to seek what God so freely offers to anyone who would desire to have it. Wisdom, understanding, and insight are there for the taking. These things are not hidden. They're not locked away. They're not bound up and impossible to get, but they are readily available For anyone who would simply seek them but there has to be something within us that is listening concentrating crying out and asking for it and searching for it so there is kind of a responsibility on our part to make an effort to attain these things and it's like a treasure you know Solomon keeps on talking about how this is like a treasure and when you think about treasure Uh, it's a really interesting thing. Not many people have access to treasures. And that's what makes it so valuable. That's what makes it a treasure is because not everybody has it. But it's there. There are treasures out there that have yet to be discovered and they are available to the person who discovers them. But if a person wants to discover treasure, they have to go looking for it. Most people don't just happen upon a buried treasure or just accidentally find it typically treasures something that people go looking for and they're kind of making an effort to discover so um there needs to be a longing and an understanding in our heart of how valuable wisdom and understanding and all these things are when it comes to the lord these things have value and their worth surpass the things of this world and there has to be a longing in our life for it. Now, verse five gives us that repetitive theme of fearing the Lord, which we've talked about over the past several weeks. Um, let me take you back to Proverbs chapter one verse five and Proverbs chapter one verse twenty-nine. So, in the first chapter, we've seen that reference twice, and today we're going to see that also here in verse five. That. Wisdom is fearing the Lord. Like you cannot have wisdom without the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. And so they go hand in hand. And chapter 2, verse 5 gives us that same information. It's reinforcing that idea. Once again, uh, we see that once wisdom and understanding and insight are gained, only then will we know what it means to fear the Lord. To fear God. And at the same time, when we fear Him, we gain knowledge of Him. And it's odd to think that the more we know about someone, uh, that we would fear them. But God is very different from a person. Typically, the more we know about a person, the less intimidated we are by them. The, the, le- the more comfortable we feel around them. But at, as we get to know our Creator more and more... We discover more and more how great and amazing and wonderful and powerful and um, just and righteous he is. And as we know more about him, it reveals more about our lacking as individuals because he is so far beyond us. And so as we grow in knowledge and understanding and wisdom, um, we also grow in the fear of the Lord in a lot of ways. And so... It's a healthy thing. If everything that we believe about God is true, um, you know, he may be a loving father and he may have died and sacrificed his life for us. But at the same time, God is just and we are sinful and God will punish everything. Everything on earth will be destroyed as a result of the contamination of sin, and we are sinful people. He will rectify all things, and we come to an understanding that we have done more than enough to be subject to that punishment. The only thing that keeps us from that punishment is Christ and His blood and His sacrifice. And so as we grow in wisdom and knowledge of God, we realize more and more why the Lord should be feared. And that's just the healthy fear. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't love Him and grow with Him. You know, this past Sunday, on our last sermon for our series, I talked about how God uh, created us to be holy. And He created us to be set apart from the world. And He created us to come to this place in our relationship with Him where we can come boldly before His throne with request. And we can stand before God with confidence, Not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done for us. So, even though we have confidence in the Lord and our relationship with Him and we have confidence in Christ, even still, as we understand who God is, there should always be a healthy fear of Him, which is necessary. Now, as people, we struggle with fear a lot because usually fear is so negative and we fear things in the world because of negative reasons but god is perfect and if we fear something that is perfect uh, then technically that would be perfect fear and that would be very different than what we uh, experience in this world Um, and so today you know you think about maybe fear isn't necessarily what you're seeking and so the idea of of having wisdom Going hand in hand with fear doesn't sound very appealing, but you can't have wisdom without having God, and you can't have God or wisdom without having fear. And so verse 6 declares uh, that wisdom is only granted by God himself. You know, you're not going to get this anywhere else. It's only from his mouth that true knowledge and understanding come from. You can't get it anywhere else. There are people in this world who are very smart, very intelligent, a lot smarter people in the world than me. I will say that any day of the week. There's a lot of people in our church who are a lot smarter than I am. But, you know, true knowledge and understanding come only from the Lord. And some of the things that people say may seem very wise and they may seem very knowledgeable. But what happens is, is that usually those things that people understand or speak of are usually proven incomplete or um, lacking in some way as time moves forward over the course of things and so god is the only one who has eternal wisdom and eternal knowledge and and that's what we're relying on you know we're, we're looking at this for the long game um for all of eternity and the things that come from god Transcend this world. They are not limited by this world, but they transcend the world and they transcend into eternity, into heaven. And what God possesses and what He's able to give us transcends time, it transcends circumstances, and it transcends people and the laws of nature and everything else. And so that's what we have to realize and understand. That's what we have to bank on. Now, verses 7 through 8 are. Really wonderful verses because these can be viewed as kind of verses of promise. Solomon doesn't just outright say these are promises from the Lord, but the word of God is true. And if you believe that the word of God is true, then God is faithful and his word is faithful. And we can look at these verses and kind of receive these verses and these statements and claim them as promises and guarantees from the Lord. Now, you can Understand that God grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. Now, you got to notice that it's not just some common sense, but it's a treasure. There's a great amount worth more than most people could afford or or could purchase or have access to. And so just to understand today, from what verses 7 through 8 say, if you're honest, which is one of the greatest characteristics of God, and it's one of the greatest characteristics of a true follower of Christ— Honesty is huge. And if you're honest, it says you will receive a great amount of common sense. That God will reward you with that, with your honesty. God loves people. He loves people who want to honor Him. Being honest is not an easy thing to do. That's why a lot of people are not honest. Uh, People seem to think that it's easier to lie and to mislead and to deceive. But for everyone who's honest and serves the Lord and honors Him, God said He would pour out, um, pour out common sense on the person who will be honest, and, and that's a great promise. So today, if you're honest, um, you you could base your life around the aspect of okay, if I will commit my life to being honest and serving the Lord and having speaking honesty, living honestly, however you can apply that, if you can commit your life to doing that, that God will pour out a great amount of common sense on you, a treasure's trove worth, all right? And, uh, and so even like when you think about that, so it, it could be considered kind of a promise of something that God wants to give us if we're honest. It could also be used as an evaluation of when you're dealing with someone new that you've just met. Um, If you're trying to kind of figure out or or get a good feeling for them, um, one of the first things that you should look for in a person is common sense. And so if a person has common sense, a a great amount of common sense, they very well could be a very honest person. And I think that's really important. And, And you can see from people who, if you talk to people at any length, you can tell people who just they just can't see clearly maybe they can't evaluate themselves clearly maybe they can't evaluate friends or children clearly or situations clearly but whenever you talk to someone who can see things clearly that has a great amount of common sense there's a good indication that, that person may uh, be one of the most honest people that you might meet because they can see clearly and they're not having to weave through their own lies and their own deceptions. All right. Um, so another thing is that you have this shield, this kind of saying that there, that God will be a shield, and a shield's one of the greatest tools of war, um, especially in biblical times. It's it's most certainly a weapon of defense, but at times. It can be used as a great offensive weapon as well. And, and Scripture says in verse 8 that if we walk with integrity, God will be a shield for us. And that's a great concept to cling to. That, that if we will just be men and women of integrity, if we will live according to God's word, do what we say, be honest, be transparent, live lives of integrity that God will be a shield for us. We don't have to worry about protecting ourselves, but God will himself be our shield and will take the blows of the enemy for us if we will simply be faithful and be men and women of integrity. Now, on the same note, verse 8 declares that God will guard our paths if we are just and, uh, and that he will protect the faithful. So, if we're honest and we have integrity, and we're just, and we're faithful, God will give us common sense, which is one of the most necessary tools of survival. But He will also be our shield, and He will guard our paths, and He will protect us. And I don't know about you guys, but that sounds like a win to me. And all we have to do is just (coughs) pursue the Lord in a way that is just us being the simple things that he's called us to be. To be honest, to have integrity, to be just, and to be faithful. And those are just four great things that we should be striving for as we seek the Lord and asking him to help us be. And if we seek him, I believe that he will give us wisdom and knowledge and give us everything that we need to be those things. All right? Let's look at verses 9-11 through 11 really quick and uh, we'll cover those. It says, then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you, and understanding will keep you safe. All right, so verses 9 to 11 can kind of be lumped in with those Uh, verses seven through eight, which we talked about could be considered like promises, um, things that are, are, seem to be guaranteed if we seek wisdom and seek the Lord. Now, Solomon, again, he never says that there are promises, but at the same time, we have to have faith that what we read in scripture is true and that we can apply these to our lives. And if we're willing to listen to wisdom being offered in these passages, uh, the gift of understanding and the gift of justice and what's right and fair, it's it's there. It's available, and it's there for the taking for anyone who would pursue it and, and try to, to gain that. Now, we are a people that are constantly faced with choices and decisions, and the gift of understanding for us because of that is wonderful. Now, many times... People blindly make choices without really knowing what the consequences might even be. Like Sometimes we know what the consequences will be and we just have to choose them. Other times we make choices and we don't even know what the consequences might be. But God has promised to give us understanding. And if we seek the Lord and if we fear Him and if we understand what is right, just, and fair, and we'll know which path to take and that's amazing for me when I began reading the book of Proverbs as a young man that was one of the the most comforting things ever is to know that is that this book was communicating that God wants to guide us because we often just don't know which way to go and as a young man I'll be honest like I thought I kind of knew what I wanted to do but honestly I didn't really know and so I chose to go into education because it sounded all right and I'd kind of had a little bit of experience with it through teacher cadets in school and I had a lot of experience with sports and so I knew I wanted to coach so that's why I went into that field but it wasn't necessarily what I knew that I was created to do and so as you read Proverbs you know there's this wonderful understanding that God will guide us because we often just don't know which way to go. And for young people, which the first ten chapters of Proverbs is written to young, young people, especially young men. Um, you know we struggle a lot with what to do, which way to go, how to make decisions, because we know these choices have great way weights in our life, and they will affect us in drastic ways. But God promises to guide us and guide our paths and protect our paths if we will seek him and gain that understanding now i've said over the past few weeks in our sermon series of more than animals that you know you and i are vessels and as vessels god designed us to be filled and and we as people are just like this bottomless pit like we're constantly filling ourselves we're filling our bodies we're filling our minds we're filling our spirits with things um constantly just trying to fill those, those voids. And, you know, it's like we have to have food in order to live, but a lot of times we just fill ourselves with so much more food than what we actually need. So typically as people, we fill our bodies, these vessels (coughs) with an endless amount of unhealthy things, whether it's unhealthy for the body, unhealthy for the spirit or unhealthy for the mind. Uh, and so that's where it leads into this, Endless amount of entertainment, knowledge, education, food, drugs, sex, uh, experiences, destinations. You know, there's just all kinds of stuff that we're always trying to do to be satisfied and fulfilled and find joy. We're constantly filling ourselves with things that just don't last. But if we seek it, it says that in verse 10 that wisdom will enter our hearts... And knowledge can fill us with joy. But we aren't just talking about general knowledge. We're talking about the knowledge of God and the knowledge of spiritual things. And so when you think about the things that people try to fill themselves with, people typically do that for one of two reasons, if not both reasons. The first thing is is there's a void in their lives, and they're just trying to fill this gaping hole. Okay, They're missing something, and they just want to be satisfied. Okay, They just want to have... This feeling of contentment. The other reason that people do this is because they want to be happy. They're just looking for a way to be happy. And what's amazing in this is verse 10 tells us that wisdom and knowledge can fill that void and give joy or pleasure at the same time, you know, because people are seeking pleasure. But wisdom and knowledge can give us pleasure, it can give us joy. And you get the best of both worlds with this and this is something that lasts. Um, now it's it's really hard to kind of understand this, but when I say it you'll I feel like you'll understand what I mean. Wisdom and joy and the Holy Spirit and scripture and prayer and all these things, these are the things that God intended us to be filled with as his vessels. These are the most satisfying. These are the most filling. These are the longest lasting things that we can fill ourselves with. But even still, we as people are leaking vessels. We're not perfect. We are filled with holes. And as we go through this life, we leak out what is being put in us. Um, scripture says out of the depths of the heart comes, comes the sin of man. That whatever we put in ourselves is... That's what comes out. If you put filthy things in, filthy things comes out. If you put good things in, good things come out. This is why Paul tells us to focus on on spiritual things, on heavenly things, uh, to, to think about the things above rather than focusing on the sins of the world. And we are leaking vessels. So even though we may be filled with wisdom and knowledge from the Lord, um, we are the type of vessel that constantly needs to be filled with wisdom and knowledge. But the great thing about this is, is that you know, as a person, if you just fill yourself with food, you know, eventually you just want more food. If you fill yourself with uh, sweet food, you know, it's like after a while, stuff just isn't sweet anymore. It's like you need more and more sugar to satisfy that desire. Or that sweet tooth that you have. If you, um, if you're a drug user, you know it's not. You can't just keep using the same amount. Like your body adjusts itself, and you need more and more of that drug to to get that desired feeling throughout time. Same thing with sex. Same thing with anything that you do. We are a people who need to constantly experience more and more of this as we go on. But the great thing is, is that wisdom and knowledge from the Lord there is an endless fountain of that. There's an endless fountain of wisdom that God can continue to give us and reveal to us. And there are things that he will reveal to us a hundred years from now that will be brand new and different. And so that is the, the one thing. The things that come from God are always new, always better than before, always more filling. And so that's the thing that we have to understand is, is that, The wisdom and knowledge that come from God are eternally satisfying because we can keep being filled with them over and over and over again. And God has an endless supply. It never runs out. It's always available if we just keep coming back to the well and getting more and more of them. Now, verse 11 gives us another confirmation of what we've talked about over the last week. And that's um, in the last portion of chapter 1 last week. <clears throat> following the Lord and, and listening to these proverbs that we're talking about does not guarantee that you're going to live a trouble or pain-free life. Um, we've talked about it and said it many times. We live in a sinful world. There are going to be hurts, aches, pains, death, sorrow. Stuff is going to happen. However, if you trust in the Lord, if you seek His wisdom, if you if you pursue this in your life, you can at least avoid bringing the hurt and heartache and pain on yourselves. And so this is what it's talking about in verse 11, when wise choices will watch over you and understanding will keep you safe. We've got to remember that God has given us everything we need to serve him and everything we need to make it through this world. And he knows the best way that we should go. He knows which paths we should take because he created all these things. He designed our life. He set all these good things out before us, before the world ever began, all these things that he's called us to do and accomplish, he set those out long ago. He knows which way we should go. And we should always seek his path and his ways, as it says, they will watch over us and they'll keep us safe. All right. Well, I think this is a good spot to stop for today. Um, The next half of the chapter changes tempo just a little bit. And uh, as it kind of, Takes away the focus of this need for us to pursue wisdom. It begins to talk about uh, some of the outside uh, circumstances and and people of the world as why we really need the wisdom because there are people out there who can negatively affect us. So that's what we'll talk about next week. Um, but as I close out today's study, you know, I just ask you these questions: Do you want to be filled? Do you want to experience joy? Do you want protection? Do you want assurance? Do you want a shield? Do you want a protector? God offers all these things to those who would seek Him and the wisdom that He has to offer. It's available to anyone, even the simple-minded. And she shouts in the streets. She shouts in broad daylight for all to hear, for anyone to come to her and receive her. It's just a matter of whether or not you will receive her, listen to her, and treasure what she has to offer. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this beautiful, wonderful day. Thank you for being with us and guiding us. Jesus, I pray that you would speak into our hearts. Help us to listen to wisdom. Help us to hear her screaming and calling our name. Help us to treasure your commands, your values, Lord, the things that you've called us to do. And I pray, God, that you would help us in all things to glorify and honor you and seek your wisdom above all else. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you and ask all us in your name. Amen. Okay, guys, thanks again for tuning in for another week. Thanks for being a part of the Graham Chapel family. And if you can't make it on campus this weekend, as always, tune in to our video services on Facebook, YouTube, and podcast. We love you. We're praying for you. Hope you have a great week.